I don't have a lot of friends who could make me feel like signing up for a 5K was a good idea. Joey did it. He's one of those guys who says, I need a creative outlet. I think I'm going to go do that. I need an athletic outlet. I think I'm going to go do that. It's all completely unexpected and out of left field and a little bit extra. He endows a scholarship for CS majors who don't run good, and now he's kind of into acting. None of that stuff is his day job, and I met him traveling on the other side of the world. I love talking to him. It's such an inspiration, and it's always hysterical because he always surprises me, and it's always in this very quiet way, like he's forgotten what he did because he's just trying not to bore the hell out of himself. He's not trying to impress anyone, but he does. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell. I'm talking with my friends about the questionable choices we make. Sometimes unconventional, sometimes unavoidable, sometimes flat out bad. And sometimes Bad Choice Tuesday happens on a Thursday night. We're talking about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday. So you got to tell me, you sent me the clips of yourself in the movies. What in the world made you start deciding that you needed to be an extra in movies? Okay, it's like I realized I needed a more creative outlet in my life. And I wanted to kind of learn how the sausage was made, so to speak. You know, I was like, like, I don't want to be a movie star. And I was reading somewhere where Danny Trejo and maybe Morgan Freeman or some, one of the more like A-list actors, they didn't start their acting career until age 50. And I was like, yeah, I want to, let me just see what that's like. And so I found like a group on Facebook that, you know, oh, we cast for extras or something. And that's how I joined. And then in fact, one of them was, you know, filming one of those shorts or something. And that was how, and I, I just, I wanted a creative outlet to go explore. You acted like you didn't have a big part. And then when I actually watched the clip, you're like making hand gestures and flipping (laughs) your hair around. I was like, you're totally acting. Uh, Yeah, sure. But, you know, I was playing man at bar and I was like, all right, that's not exactly a stretch. And co-worker talking with friends. And I'm like, also not a stretch. And what can I say? It was like, it came natural to me, but it was fun to do. And I, I do it again in our. Did you bring your own wardrobe? I did. In fact, they asked me to, hey, dress professionally. And I was like, well, I've got a suit. Yeah, that's fine. Wear that. Okay. And did they I'll do your hair and stuff? No, I did all that. It wasn't that fancy a movie. <laughs> Yeah, for that one with the um, guy from How I Met Your Mother, that one, they just asked to just dress casually because you'd be at an outdoor area. I wish that movie was better. It was like a better movie oh. that I could like tell you, hey, I'm in there. And but you know, and also you can't see me, which is unfortunate. So I was like, darn it. They sat me to where my back was to the camera. And so all you really can see and you have to stare at it is my ponytail. Yeah, but that's a big deal, right? So maybe that's the key to being an extra in movies is to have some distinctive thing about your look so that even if you see yourself from the back, you're like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, but it could be anybody. You know, how can you? It's not like they got our names or, you know, had any of the credits or something. No, no, you were in the credits. Uh, only on of that, that short one. Yeah, that one I was in the credits. The other one I was not. Because I mean, it was like a major Hollywood movie. So, you know, you've got to get up further, I think. I don't even know. I don't know how extras get credited. But... I took a picture of it on the screen when Did the credits really? went through. And you're... <laughs> I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a fun experience. There's this company that I like, you know, they asked for fans to invest in them. It's called Legion M. And I, I'm part of that as well. They made a, a documentary for, with William Shatner. And I think I'm in the credits for that. We'll see when it comes out or it gets bought or something. And then there's another one coming out called My Dead Friend Zoe. I don't know if I'm in the credits for that or not, but I did. I, I gave a little bit of money for that one. Too. It's it's from Legion M and it's, it's got Morgan Freeman and the guy that was in Apollo 13, but Ed Harris, Ed Harris. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a Ed, big name. Yes, yeah. Ed Harris. And, and Morgan Freeman is too. And so they're both in that movie, my dead friend Zoe. Something like that. It's about a uh, soldier's suicide, I think. Kind of a so they thought. were in that. They were in that movie with you. No, no, no. I'm not in it. It's just my name's my credits. I think as an investor. <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to. I'm interested in how the sausage is made. And I was like, you know, I like movies. And you know, I was like, I did the extra thing. I did. Now I'm, you know, the production thing. Really, just giving them money. And then, but if I can get into a real movie, that would be ideal to have a speaking role. I think that would be cool. Not just but, a move your hands and ponytail. Exactly. Exactly. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I because I was there with a bunch of friends watching the premiere and you know they just bust up laughing when they saw me on the screen because it was like I mean it was funny the seniors up on the big screen was actually really cool so that's awesome when I was I think I was about I don't know probably 11 or 12 and a friend of my mom's her daughter wanted to be an actress and they were auditioning Disney was coming to town and they were auditioning for the journey of Natty Gann I don't okay. know if you remember it it was from when we were kids but well older because they had to make the movie yeah and anyway this other this other friend's daughter wanted to go and audition for Natty Gann and asked my mom if she wanted to go along and my mom's like okay so so you and you were supposed to have a, a headshot and bring uh-huh. your I don't know what the piece of paper is, a resume equivalent, I suppose. And we went and I remember going to the hotel in downtown St. Louis and they gave you the script for the piece that you were supposed to read and you were supposed to memorize it and then, you know, go into the room and read the thing. And I just thought it was hilarious. You know, the other the who I ended up being good friends with later, she was seriously auditioning and I'm sure she was wonderful, but I just kind of went into the audition room myself and sat on the little stool and like read the lines and laughed. Clearly Uh, I didn't, I did not get chosen, but for the rest of my life, I'm like, I totally auditioned for a Disney movie. I know that Natty Gann, I could have been Natty Gann. (laughs) But did your friend even get in the movie? No. Okay. So neither of y'all. No, it was just one of those big calls where I I have no idea how they even knew about it. Maybe because they were watching for things to audition for. So maybe they saw it someplace important. My mom just told her friend, sure, we'd come along because that's what my family does. We say (laughs) yes to, we say yes to silly things. Try out for a Disney movie. Sure. I would totally be an extra and flip my ponytail around. Uh Do you get paid? If you get picked for some of these things, yeah, they do. Some of them do offer money, you know, for commercials and whatnot. But typically, they're not looking for me. And for the ones that get paid, the ones I'm, you know, because a lot of them are like very specific about ethnicity or age. And I mean, I get it because they're trying to fill a role. And for the ones I've been, it's always been just whatever is fine. And those, it's typically you don't get paid. That's really fun. I think yeah. just that that willingness to be like, yeah, I want to do something different. Give me something creative. You know, like yeah, let me take a few hours and go do something kind of fun. But I'm still looking. What are you looking for something else? What else have you done that's just wacky that I don't know about? <laughs> this this took like four years to come out of your mouth. Actually, has it been longer than that? When did we meet? Was it 2017? It was like six years ago, right? Was it 2017? I think so. We were both in Russia. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a long time ago. I We could be a commercial for social media. It's so funny because <laughs> you're finding your your little creative outlets on Facebook. And I we must have connected. Do we connect on LinkedIn or Facebook? I don't even know. I think just Facebook. It gives me another outlet to write stupid status updates. But <laughs> none of the other things really do because like LinkedIn, you got to be professional and you know, who cares? And then, you know, Instagram or something. I'm not even sure what that's good for. And then, yeah, literally I just use Facebook. We all need an outlet. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's the same way I took up running. I wanted, you know, I needed an athletic outlet, you know, because I realized sitting at my desk all day was not healthy. And, you know, I'm not a gym person and I didn't want to do team sports. So it was like, okay, what's what's a way to get an athletic thing? And look, here I am now. (laughs) How old were you when you started running? Was that in college or was that after you got your job and you were locked in for however many hours a day into a chair? It was that latter. It was after I was locked into a job because I realized my lifestyle was sedentary. I used to play tennis and, you know, for tennis, you need another person and you have to, you know, get at a court and stuff. And, you know, running, it was just like, oh, you know, we could, you can do it anytime, anywhere. You just need a pair of shoes and it's like, you don't have to be good at it. And, you know, they had that program at work where it's like, oh, sign up and you can be a runner. And there was somebody else there that was going to do it. And they were like, yeah, come on, join. I'm like, okay. And I ended up being such a great experience. What was your first run? It was a 5K at Fort Sam Houston, you know, I want to say it was 2007, 2008 that I started that, you know, they give you a little paper medal even. And I was like, oh, wow, look at this. It was addictive at some level. And then, you know, I found a group on the internet that, you know, oh, they get together and go running. I was like, I can do that. And they ended up being really nice people and great people. And I'm friends with them to this day. You know, we still, we don't run as much anymore. I've got some, apparently it's tendonitis issues now. So I got to get healed up, but I'm still part of the running community here in San Antonio. And it's still a positive thing in my life. I think there's something too, kind of picking up friends along the way. You mm-hmm. don't have to do the activity forever and ever. And like, you might've ended up not being a runner or enjoying running, but you still pick up those relationships and keep up with those people. And it just builds through your life. Yes. You end up with all these, all these friends. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. In fact, of all my like close friends, none of us run anymore. You mm. know, we're all broken in some way. We're like, <laughs> And forget it, but we still hang out all the time. Yeah. Well, you said everybody needs an outlet. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs an outlet, but I think a lot of people are not very good at actually finding an outlet for themselves or finding one that's unusual or creating an outlet, depending on what it is. Have you always been like that? I think you always thought things. I mean, it's, I like the idea of reinventing myself every so often. You know, I would change my appearance a lot. Even when I was doing all my traveling, I loved the newness of it. You know, it's like, I loved waking up in a new city. I liked, I liked the exploration part. You know, it's, it was more of a journey than the destination. It's like, I don't honestly care where I travel to, although I did have some favorites. It was more about the journey that I went on. And, and I've always been like that kind of goal oriented because, you know, even trying to think as far back as high school necessarily you know getting out of you know parents house as well as getting to do a job or something it's it's like that goal oriented aspect and then i was like you know you know in the 20s i wanted to see the world you know and i did it that lasted for a little while up until my 30s and by that point the travel bug was kind of gone and so it's like all right what's my next step what's the next thing i want to do so it became running and and then you know the acting thing maybe but because like why not maybe just maybe i'll get discovered and i'll be like okay you're you're the next star of our or whatever movie. 
You never know. That happens to people. It does. Like I said, it didn't have, you know, Danny Trejo, he didn't start till much later in life. And, and look at him now. <laughs> there you go. Well, I thought about you because I was talking to some people about their travel and they were telling me how they organized themselves and what drove them. And it was that for like 10 years, what they did was do marathons all around the world. And of course, the way we reconnected recently in actual person was being in Vienna and seeing on social media that you were doing the marathon. And that was so cool. I had no idea that they actually electronically tracked your tag so that I could (laughs) tell where you were on the route. So when you sent me this app and you're like, okay, so you can track my bib number. That was awesome. I thought I was going to have to go like stand on the side of the road and hope to spot you. (laughs) Uh, I mean, back in the day, that's how they had to do it. And now it's, it's, you know, it's amazing, you know, the technology and stuff. I mean, it's tracking you, but it's also estimating based on your past time, you're going to be here at this time. And as you slow down, it can, you know, adjust itself. You know, Are you going to do the, more the, now? Well, I got to get Walking. healthier first. So I was scheduled to do Baltimore. Yeah, I sent, I dropped out this morning. Deferred is what, as they call it. And so I have to do it next year now. This injury that I have isn't going away. And I registered in July and I thought I would be healed by then. Yeah. But it hasn't been the case. So I just think it's better if I don't do it. I haven't been running at all. So I'm totally not trained. And not that that matters as much, but it's more of a, you know, I'm really going to do permanent damage if I really tried to do that long a distance and not be ready for it. So, I mean, maybe once I get this issue healed with, you know, I want to I want to keep going. I, I don't know if you can see my... Oh, all the medals hanging on the thing. Is that the one you got from Etsy? Yeah. With the states? It, yeah, all the states. The states. So there All is. the medals. I love, though, that, you know, you talked about, like, the friends that you've made from running. Uh-huh. And I, those, those will last forever, and y'all can commiserate over your injuries and recoveries and all that kind of stuff. But I also love that you have a scholarship yeah. that you endowed. Yeah. So it can, it can live on through future generations so that they can hurt themselves too. Exactly. It's like misery loves company. That was a fun thing. You know, I mean, it, it'll really be more fun if any of the recipients are continue either to run or to make their own. I think that would be great. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. You know, in, in fact, I, I was just talking to them and they're giving it away again this year. I guess the deadline is April or something and I should check. <laughs> yes. When is your scholarship given away, Joey? <laughs> yeah. How do you present it? Because you've got to, so you choose the winners, right? No, no, I don't. Absolutely. And I have, I'm not. Oh, involved. oh, wow. Okay. So you just do the endowment yeah, and then and people the, apply. Yes. And then UTSA, you know, it's based on need. So they, they look at the number of scholarships this person has and their actual need. And, you know, and if they did, of course, run the 5K or greater and their computer science and that kind of stuff. So there's a list of things they have to go through and they apply for it, but it's, it is open to anybody. Clearly it'll only be given to, you know, if you, the person with the most need. I could apply because you encouraged me to sign up for those 5Ks and I signed yeah. up for two. I signed up for two. I got two medals and I didn't actually attend them, but I did. <laughs> I love this virtual option. So that's so funny. That, that Flamingo 5K was the first one. And uh-huh. I was so super excited because I looked at the past years and people in the pictures and they had like blow up flamingo pool things around their waist and they had flamingo hats and all the pink clothes. And I bought big pink mirrored sunglasses. I'm totally ready. And then that morning it was like a monsoon here. Uh, And so that was like, forget it. And when I found out they had a virtual option that you could just walk the 5k, like whenever you want, and you still get the medal. (laughs) 
I do have to say, after the second one, after the cookie one, uh-huh. I got the medal. And we did go and go for the walk, but it was kind of a bummer. It's like, then you're missing all the camaraderie and the music and the, you know, the yeah. other people dressed up, right? I was like, yeah, I, I don't seem to be able to keep a date, so I should probably... <laughs> Not sign up. I'm like basically paying like 35 bucks to go for a walk. (laughs) You're listening to Bad Choice Tuesday, a conversation about friendship, unconditional love, and unconventional choices. For more information, go to badchoicetuesday.com. We're glad you're here. And now, back to Bad Choice Tuesday. You got to go over, you know, get out there because it's, it's, that's the fun part, you know? Well, that's the part that stays with you. I think like if you're, you don't seem to have trouble making friends as an adult or like finding people to do stuff with and hang out with. And I know for me, when I want to do a new thing, like a podcast or something like that, I'm just Uh trying not to bore the hell out of myself. And I think that's part of what's really interesting about you. You're doing these like individual things and you talk about needing the outlet or reinventing yourself. It's not something you're doing to get a promotion or something. It's not externally motivated. It's you are recognizing you want to do something else. That is true. Absolutely. That's true. I think all of us kind of go through that, do we not? To where we're looking for something and then we're like, okay, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think so. I think most people are looking for something most of the time. And it's yeah. whether or not you're able to find it for yourself or even identify it. I think I got hooked on books one year that were a year in the life of, you know, somebody would do something like chase a memory contest or a year of living like this or that or whatever. And I loved those books so much more than I like autobiographies or biographies of people who professionally did those things because those people, you can learn from those people like, okay, but I wanted to know what it would be like if I went and did it. If like Joe Schmo goes and does the thing for a year, what does that look like? And I love that about you. Because you are that guy. You're like, what if the regular computer science guy decides to take up running? That's what that looks like, right? And you say like, oh, I need change or reinventing myself, but you're in the same house with the same day job, (laughs) right? But you're able to still think of yourself Uh, as reinvented and this new thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you find other people that are like that? I think most people kind of, I don't know. What do you think? I feel like most people do kind of stick to their comfort zone. And I've always been the type that likes to maybe step outside my comfort zone a bit, try to do things differently. I've certainly, and you know, you, that's where you get your most growth, most stepping outside your comfort zone. If you, if only temporarily, life is about the risks you take kind of thing. And nothing, no, no good story ever started with, oh, I ordered a salad, you know, I think it's the same concept. Do you like think a, you have people around you who encourage you to do stuff or is this completely internally motivated? I think it was completely internally motivated. It wasn't like I saw other people doing it and say, oh, I could do that. It was more of like, no, it was something within me trying to find a new outlet. It's always been like that. You know, every time I see these motivational speakers or motivational quotes on Facebook or something, I'm like, man, I just, I hate that stuff because it, it, nothing could be less motivating than those things. But I, I've always been internally motivated to go do something. And I'm not sure what brought it on. I really don't know. 
Yeah, I understand. I I feel like people ask me sometimes about different things that I'm trying because I never stick with anything for too long. (laughs) Right. And it's interesting because there are two things. One is that I'm trying not to bore the hell out of myself. But the other is that other people telling me that I do something really well does not help me. Yeah. Like it doesn't in the same way that it doesn't hurt me a ton if other people don't approve of what I'm doing or love what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That means that I'm also not super pumped up by them thinking that I'm really interesting or that I'm really, you know, doing some great new thing. If I don't feel that way, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Right. Uh Like you can, you can think I'm interesting all you want, but I'm bored. So (laughs) I need to do something like I got to go read a trivia book or something because I need to go to a cocktail party and be able to talk about actual things. That is hard when you get down sometimes. Like if you start to feel like you've got this injury that takes the running away or whatever, because stuff that other people say to pump you up might not work like the motivational quotes and things like that yeah absolutely yeah what do you do to pump yourself back up instead of getting down about it i guess i try to look for something new about it that i don't already know i think for many of us our jobs or whatever become kind of routine and can we do in our sleep maybe i don't know i mean but i enjoy like i said the newness of it and it's so i have to find something about it that oh i don't know how to do this portion of it or i I could get better at this that's what motivates me more to go do it more for running as an example like i i've never really aspired to get better at but what i like about it is being able to do it in different places and including you know national parks or something you know pretty places versus different cities or you know whatever i think is actually the interesting part of it it isn't you know being able to run as fast as you can through the most beautiful place in the world and then what's the point you're not seeing anything it's like those people who travel and you know they only go to the destination to see the touristy spots and there's nothing wrong with that you know i mean it's i'm not trying to sound elitist or anything because it's not that but that's what motivates me or pumps me up to get going into it is hey what more can i learn about this place or this area or this job this task i'm doing i missed you at the finish line in vienna like i just uh-huh. missed you and what i noticed at the finish line was there were people doing the waltz when you finished when you ran through were they dancing uh, remember, you I say no. after your 26 miles, did you notice the folks dancing around? I, I didn't because you know, most of the time, you know, after 26 miles, you're dead, and it's like, I gotta sit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't notice that at all, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's if you've got the energy, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so you want to tell me about getting arrested? Oh. I, that makes it more sound more dramatic than it is. I, I know. Real- did you like the transition? Yeah. Like, that- so when you did the good, you accomplished the marathon. Good for you. Pat you on the back. What about that arrest? You're listening to Bad Choice Tuesday, a conversation about friendship, unconditional love, and unconventional choices. For more information, go to badchoicetuesday.com. We're glad you're here. And now, back to Bad Choice Tuesday. Yeah, no, that's just more dramatic than it really is. I was in Prague and, you know, it was like a work conference thing. And, you know, I was riding the Metro and, you know, I kind of stick out in in a place like Prague. And, you know, they've got people there that check if your ticket is expired or whatever. And, you know, they were doing construction. And so I was riding on this Metro and I couldn't get off at the spot where I needed to get off. And I didn't. (laughs) You know, they had signs, but they were all in check. 
which obviously I don't speak. And this was before the days of Google Translate. And, <laughs> you know, I'm literally just riding this train. It's like, man, I cannot get off. And then finally I was like, okay, I got to, you know, you have to go to another stop, get on a different line and then kind of make your way back. And that's what I ended up doing. But, but your, your ticket only lasts for 30 minutes. By the time I found my stop and whatever, you know, the guy grabbed me and was like, ticket. And I'm like, here. And he's like, you know, that was it. <laughs> okay. You know, um, but I, you know, obviously he didn't speak any English. So I was just stuck. And, I, and then he was like, okay, you know, you, you pay your fine, you know, because he got my passport and stuff. And he was like, 200 crowns. And... <laughs> Which at that time was the equivalent of US $8. Like, all right, man, here. <laughs> and I, I, I went about my day. So, yeah, that was it. But it was a fun, you know, in retrospect, it was a fun story. You know, it's like, am I, am I allowed to expense bail money here? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, and were you? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember. I, you know, I, I think they, I didn't expense it directly. But I never it was actually, breakfast. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it's eight dollars. It's it's you know, I was okay eating it. it you know, I made for a fun story. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it was pretty shocking when the guy grabbed because I was like, what? you know, I mean, you're in a foreign country, and of course, you don't want to be thrown in a foreign excuse me, a foreign jail. But yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, you had all kinds of travel stuff. When did you, how long did you travel, not for work, when you were, when you were traveling around before, like when you were in Africa and you're not riding metros, you're like riding ostriches, oh, yeah. which, by, which by the way, I can't quite get the whole like riding, like I've seen that in movies, right? The riding ostriches. Uh-huh. How the fuck do you get on an ostrich? Do well, they, they, like, was there a saddle? No, there's no saddle. You sit on their back and then you grab their neck like a joystick. Oh, God. And um, you can steer them. And, you know, you stay on as long as you can. And you don't want to choke them, obviously. And then you can also <laughs> grab because they're not, you know, they're flightless birds. But yeah. <laughs> I, did I send you that picture? I can't remember. Um, no, you didn't send me a pic. Oh, there's a picture? Absolutely. So is this like a touristy thing or is this just like you're you're in the middle of wherever you are and you're like, hey, yeah, I'll ride an ostrich. No, no, it was definitely a touristy thing. It's you know, you're you're in Africa, it's something to do. And what country were you in? This was South Africa. Mm. Yeah, no, here I am. This is this is me writing it. Okay. I think I had it on my Facebook. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh wow okay well so there's like do you feel bad about it now now it's like animal rights horrifying yeah oh my gosh, look how young you are wow look at that but yeah you're right i guess in today's age that's not the right thing to do you know bad choice tuesday joey <laughs> you know it seriously those were some of my bad choices but it, it was a thing to do you know, this, oh my gosh this trip so one of the more interesting things I did in South Africa, you know, I was actually quite sick, you know, like a flu or something. And I, I was trying to get out of it. And I still want to do my touristy things because, you know, you only have so much time. And I ended up like, oh, just 
you can do this bike ride and we have the bikes and everything. And so they drop you off at the top of the mountain and you just ride your way back into town. And I mean, the town has like four streets, so you don't get lost or anything. And you can stop along the way. And, you know, it, it's not that big a deal. And there's different touristy things to do. And, you know, you see people and whatever. And this ostrich thing, I think, was one of the areas, one of the stops that you could make was the ostrich farm, you know, because they, they eat ostrich mm-hmm. eggs and, and whatnot. And this was one of the other things they offered there at the ostrich farm. So that was how they made money. And, you know, you're supporting the local economy, of course. It was fun to do. But yeah, I remember, you know, just riding that, being kind of sick, but still riding the bike. And I mean, it was a good long distance too. And it, it takes you, you know, roughly six hours or so. Four to six, you've got four to six hours to finish. And then of course, they'll try to come looking for you. Do you worry about stuff like going wrong or do you just go for it? Like when you do things, are you really good at just being like, well, like you said, with the running, you don't necessarily run, you didn't run with the idea that you were going to improve your time or go faster and faster or anything. Do you yeah. worry about it or do you just kind of go, yeah, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I tried it. It's more of the latter. Yeah. If it works, it works. If, you know, at least I tried it kind of thing. I mean, maybe I'm a little less brave now, but you know, I mean, it's, you know, I'm glad I did all that stuff when I was younger, it, when it was still fun and whatnot. I mean, traveling now is kind of a chore. Is it because you've already done it? Because I don't think traveling is a chore, but I didn't do a whole bunch of it when I was Um, younger either. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still like the newness aspect of it. But I mean, flying, of course, isn't fun anymore and very unenjoyable. But I'm not sure. You know, I I remember when the travel bug left, you know, because... You know, when I started the whole journey, I wanted to go everywhere and see everything. And then, you know, I had gotten to like South America and I was like, man, I'm, and even South America was a stretch. But after, after the Africa trip where I was like really sick and you're by yourself. And so it's like, okay, this is a lot less fun than it used to be. And then the last thing I, well, the bit last big trip I did was South America. And at that point, I knew it was it's, I need a new outlet. <laughs> it's time to reinvent yeah. myself because this is not happening again, at least not to this level. And I, I've I've been true to that. I haven't I haven't done one of my big trips in forever. But even you know when we were in Russia, I was like, okay, well I'm here in Russia. I don't want to just see Saint Petersburg. I can independently travel. And you know I hopped over to Moscow for a bit, and that was fun. And you know I'm riding solo and enjoying it. But I'm glad I only did that for a little bit. So what's next? Do you have any next ideas or what? So you've done like you needed your athletic outlet. You needed your creative outlet. You needed to just rethink yourself. You had the travel bug. (laughs) Right. No, it's a good point. I don't know. I don't know what's next for me. You know, I mean, I I do think about it after this retirement thing. It's like, what would I do next? What else? You can go back to acting. You can always fall back on the acting. You've been listening to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell, a podcast about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to hear our latest episode every Tuesday. For more information and to find previous episodes, go to badchoicetuesday.com. 
See you next week.